Hey everybody, it's James Lindsay, and you're listening to New Discourses Bullets, where I take on one topic from woke Marxism so that we can understand it, kind of in like a bullet point fashion, so that we can beat this thing. And the episode for today, I want to dive into uh, a very kind of abstract thing. I'm also going to present a concept, another one of these scoring indices that they're manipulating the world with. But what I want to talk about that's abstract to frame this out is the the, the type of the mechanism by which Gnosticism installs itself or persuades people to believe in it. So you will know that I think that Marxism and woke and queer theory and critical race theory and all of these are actually modern and postmodern variants of the ancient Gnostic religions. If you've been following my longer form podcast and some of the bullets, Uh, What that means is, in short, that they think that the universe or the world is constructed as a prison for their higher level spirit, that they are trapped within that, uh, that prison, and that someone or something has arranged the prison to keep them down and doesn't want them to get out. The Gnostic faiths believe that the god in Genesis, for example, is actually a demon that jails people in the material world so that they can't be as gods. Uh, And what you are supposed to do is awaken to the true knowledge of how reality really works, that your so-called creator is a demon that traps you in a prison of being so that you can find your way to secret knowledge, gnosis, that's the Gnostic part, that you can use to save yourself from the prison of existence. And I think that what happened with people like Hegel and Marx, uh, Rousseau and Kant are also relevant, is that when they created what has become modern leftism or even romanticism that um, they framed out the social order as having this character that the social order itself imprisons you and so the people who are in charge of the social order what marx called the bourgeois class uh, turn out to be the people who imprison or imprison the society and so what you are the people in society who can then awaken to this truth rise up, move history in the direction that it should go through conflict and liberate themselves. And so I think that this whole thing is modern and postmodern Gnosticism, where the spiritual realm was replaced by the social, and that the people who get to decide what's true and false, or right and wrong, or the means of production, or whatever else, are the people who are imprisoning everybody else in their bourgeois value sets. And they enforce that through Rousseau's social contract that prevents us from being truly free as we were born to be, and so on and so forth. But this isn't to talk about Gnosticism. This is to talk about why people get sucked into Gnosticism. What is the Gnostic temptation? What is the temptation of the Garden of Eden, frankly? Because in Genesis, the serpent whispers to Eve, roughly, that you could be as gods, but God doesn't want you to know that. But I do, so eat the fruit like you're not supposed to, and join me. And so there's a certain modality to the temptation of Gnosticism that leads people in. And it's very important to to understand this. How does Gnostic wizardry work? How do they, in fact, what it is is Gnosticism always sets up a cult. Maybe it's a cult just of you, and I think that's pretty benign. I would, in fact, call that like venial Gnosticism as opposed to mortal Gnosticism. But, um... How do they get people to follow their cult? They don't come in and say, you're wrong and we're right. Follow us. They don't do that. It's much more tempting and it's much more along the lines of the serpent in Genesis. The serpent in Genesis doesn't come down to tell Eve everything that you've learned is a lie. 
that says God hath not said. In other words, God told you some of the story, but he didn't tell you all of the story. There's more of the story. Would you like to know it? Well, I'll give it to you. The first thing you have to do, though, is we've got to get some compromising blackmail on you, eat the fruit. Then I'll tell you the real story of reality, and we're going to go out to, if the serpent is Satan, we're going to go out into my world, the physical world, the fallen world, where I rule, and you can come with me. And there's more to reality than you even know about. But that's actually the key. There's more to reality that, than, than you're allowed to know. They don't want you to know it. And we have the secret. We know the secret knowledge. We know the code of the Bible. We know what the Declaration of Independence really means, and so on. So the temptation of Gnosticism is always the same. We know your thing better than you know your thing. We know the secrets. You don't. So join us. That's what it always comes down to. We know science better than you know science. So actually, we have the science, and you only have what uh, Hegel called understanding for stand. You only have what Plato called um, dianoia, which is the, the knowledge of technical knowledge that informs techni. You don't have episteme, as Plato had it. You don't have the higher knowledge, the interpretive knowledge, the hermeneutical knowledge, hermeneutical knowledge, sorry. You don't have what, what Plato, or sorry, what Hegel called uh, frenunft, reason. You don't have the higher order reasoning that allows you to interpret and contextualize the knowledge. You have the traditional theory, but you don't have the critical theory. We know the stuff you know, but we also know there's more, and we know what the more is, and if you want to come with us, we'll show you more. For example, it's not that your teachers are wrong or your pastor was wrong at church. It's that what you've been given is low-level information, and we have higher-level information. That's the Gnostic temptation every single time. It's not that you were taught wrong. It's that you were taught limited, and we're going to liberate you from the imposed limitations of your knowledge and being by showing you what's behind the curtain. You have been, this temptation would follow, that you have been intentionally kept at a low level because your leaders and your teachers and your pastors don't want you to realize that you could surpass them if you knew the truth. In other words, this is that usurping son envious energy uh, where the the underling is convinced to overthrow his father or his, his teacher or whatever um, in violent revolution and seize his uh, seize his his status. Um, this is where that energy comes from. This is what the Gnostic move always is. You've been taught a little bit, but there's a higher level available, which we have. They, they don't want you to know what it is, but we do. All you have to do is join our cult and eventually do some compromising thing like eat of the forbidden fruit, whatever that forbidden fruit is. Maybe it's like in Plato, as remarked upon by Herbert Marcuse in Eris and Civilization, and that it's orthos pederastain, in other words, the right love of boys, which makes a lot of sense of some islands. There's a true, truer than true truth out there that we know. We know the at least the path to it, and we can guide you on the path to that true inner knowledge. You could be as gods, but it's God who doesn't. The thing out there, calling itself God, doesn't want you to know that. doesn't want you to be that. But I do. Come with me. God hath not said. Come with me. That's what this is about. So what's Marxism? Well, you know a little bit how, about how economic production works and its influences on society and people. 
But if you actually understand what it really is, you'll see that it's just another mode of slavery. It's just another mode of exploitation by the bourgeoisie to alienate you from your true nature. So come do a Marxism with us. We'll teach you about the socialist man. We'll teach you that you're a species being. We'll teach you the secret gnosis called socialism. And you probably know a little bit about how racism works. You know that people can be racist. You know that it's bad, but you don't understand yet how it works as a system. So that you're doing a racism even when you don't know you're doing a racism. See, there's a higher level understanding of racism called systemic racism. So come with us and do a critical race theory. And you understand a little bit about the dignity of people who happen to be homosexual. But we have this thing called the epistemology of the closet. We understand something completely different. So you need to come do a queer theory with us. Now, there's really a great example, and this is another one of these stupid indices that I wanted to tell you about. There's a really great example of this that I want to share with you about the Gnostic temptation, the Gnostic impulse. So I recently stumbled across this, this project. Well, I didn't recently, so this is a little more complicated. There's this project called Unite that's headed by Tim Shriver, who also created the Special Olympics and is tied up into all of this weird kind of UNESCO um, uh, World Economic Forum, UN kind of stuff. All this weird global sustainable agenda stuff. So it's called Unite. So they create an educational program under that called United. So it's United is how you spell it, but it's Unite Ed, like education. So it's to move that into education. If you go to the website for that, there's a thing talking about the Dignity Index, another one of these scoring schemes that they're going to use to figure out how advanced into their program somebody is. And so they have this website, dignityindex.us, and they've got this score from 1 to 8, the Dignity Index. I want to go through this and show you exactly what I mean about the Gnostic Temptation, which is always of the same form, which is you know a little bit about the truth, they don't want you to know more of the truth. We know more of the truth. Come join our cult and probably do something compromising in the process. Now here, it starts off with, if you could help ease the divisions in America, would you do it? So as Mao would have it, you create the desire for unity, and then you're going to do criticism and struggle. You're going to show people how they're falling short of that. And then you're going to advance into unity under a new basis. And in this case, that will be under what they call human dignity, which they get to define. They say our disagreements aren't causing the divisions in our country. It's what we do when we disagree. Do we treat the other side with dignity or do we treat them with contempt? This is something that's important, but it's also something that people who deserve contempt would say if they were Satan and deserves our contempt. So we wouldn't be contemptuous of them. The first, they tell us, brings us together. The second drives us apart. Well, it is imperative, actually, for a healthy society to drive apart from evil. So, again, yes, but there's another side to it. We created the Dignity Index to show the difference. I'm going to show you that it's actually a Gnostic uh, project built off of the idea of human dignity as it's enshrined in the American principles, the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, so that they can subvert belief in those things and get people to believe that the declaration or the, the, the American experiment is actually fundamentally a low-level understanding, actually a medium-level understanding of true human dignity, and their cult is actually the high-level understanding. So it's not that you're wrong, it's that you only know so much, and they don't want you to know more. But if you, as they say next, take the pledge, in other words, do some compromising thing, eat from the fruit, then you can come along and join the cult. So they say we created the dignity index to show us the difference if you're willing to treat others with dignity to ease our divisions, check out the Dignity Index and take the Dignity Pledge. And so 
I don't want to go through all of the stuff on their website. That's not what it's about. Just going to go through the Dignity Index and the eight points. This is supposed to be a short podcast. The Dignity Index, how it works. The Dignity Index is an eight-point scale that scores speech along a continuum from contempt to dignity in as unbiased a manner as possible. Yeah, I see they're unbiased. They're the, the high priests here. They're the good good guys. Everybody else is bad. By focusing on the sound bites, not the people behind them, so don't look at the communist behind the curtain, the index attempts to stay true to its own animating spirit that everyone deserves dignity. And then it goes on to other sections. We believe words have power and so on. But we're going to learn about the dignity index. And I'm not going to read all of this. I'm going to go through the eight levels. Level one. Level one, so this is low dignity, right? Level one escalates from violent words to violent actions. It's a combination of feeling the other side is less than human and calling for or approving violence. And it says the subtext is, it's our moral duty to destroy them. They're not even human. They're the source of all evil. Like communists, they're destroying everything we value. They don't deserve to live. We have to kill them now before they kill us. Well, they do deserve to live, and we don't have to kill anybody, but we do have to keep them out of power if they're communists. So you can already tell that what this is going to do, if you happen to be a manipulative communist, is make it so that people can't take strident action against you. And I'm not calling for violence against them. Obviously, that is placed here as number one for a reason that's not necessarily bad. Level two accuses the other side of not just doing bad or being bad, but promoting evil, you know, like communists. The subtext, these People are evil and a danger to everything we value. They're going to ruin us if we let them. It's us or them. Level three attacks the other side's moral character, not just their capabilities or competence. We're the good people and they're the bad people. Notice how what we're doing here is dissolving the ability to believe that good and evil are relevant. You know, Solzhenitsyn teaches us that good and evil cut through, as does the Bible, that good and evil cut through every human heart, and there are aspects of both, so we have to nourish good and hate evil. Well, we ought to blur that right out of the picture here, don't we? We're the good people and they're the bad people. No, no, this is saying that it's a low-level understanding of dignity. It's only level three out of eight. The good and the bad is not a good way to understand things. We shouldn't understand that. People aren't evil. They're all trying their best. People are fundamentally good, and we're set up for the French Revolution. We are responsible, is the subtext here, for all the good things, and they're responsible for all the bad things. It's us versus them. We win only if they lose. Now, notice that that's not actually the characterization. There are people who are doing good, and there are evil people, but the line of good and evil cuts through every human heart is actually the fundamental belief that's being defended, but that got lost here. So, you know, they don't like to be made fun of, right? Level four. Level four mocks and attacks the other side's background, their beliefs, their commitment, their competence, their performance. The subtext, we're better than those people. They're different. They don't really belong. They're not one of us. We shouldn't trust them. Well, you shouldn't trust communists, as it turns out. Now, here's the kicker. Level five, this is the point. I'm I'm dumping on communists because I do that. But level five, this is so important. This is where it happens. Level five listens to the other side's point of view. Remember, we're increasing in dignity. This is what you're supposed to aspire to in their program. 
Level 5 listens to the other side's point of view and respectfully explains their own goals, views, and plans. The subtext. I believe everyone has a right to be here and a right to be heard. Even if they don't share our point of view, it's their country too. When I read this the other day, I said, well, there you go. That's the American principle right there, right? But it's only level 5 out of 8. So what you will have is people who read 1 through 5 going down this dignity index and say, wow, that's violence. That's really bad. Us versus them. That's tribal. And they're going to get finally to five and they're going to say, yeah, I agree with this. Everyone has a right to be here and a right to be heard. Even if they don't share our point of view, it's their country too. I agree with that, but they're only at level five. See, it's not that they think something wrong. It's that they think something low level and there's more to it. And the Gnostic is going to lead you after you sign their pledge that you're now psychologically committed to and maybe accountable to a group of other signers to, they're going to lead you into that higher level understanding. So the American ethos is only level five out of eight in human dignity. There are three higher levels. Level six, they say, sees it as a welcome duty to work with the other side to find common ground and act on it. In other words, to find a third way with communists who will subvert your society over a century if they have to. You see how now we've slipped into something where you no longer can discern good and evil or true and false. Those aren't right. We have to work with the other side, find common ground, compromise, and then act on the compromise. In other words, we have to admit some of the dialectic. We have to admit a synthetic solution that is not as concerned with good and evil or right and wrong or true and false as it is with going along and getting along common ground. Subtext, I have deep convictions and feel a strong sense of belonging to my group, but I'm curious about the other side too. I want to meet and talk with people who don't share all my views, find common values and interests, and solve problems together. That's fine when the differences are superficial and not matters of truth and falsity and good and evil. But that's all been blurred out by the earlier levels. But now we're going deeper into the cult stuff. Level five was positioned as a moderate level understanding. But if you want to know more, come with. Level seven of dignity wants to fully engage the other side, discussing the deepest disagreements they have to see what breakthroughs they can find. Oh, that is the dialectic. You want to engage in dialogue with them to see what breakthroughs to a synthetic compromise that you can arrive at. The subtext, I have strong convictions and I'm loyal to my group, but I want to meet with the other side and talk about the views we don't share. I'm not afraid of losing an argument, admitting mistakes, or changing my mind. See how high-minded, open-minded, fair, scientific liberal that looks, but we've already lost that. That was at level five. Now we're way off in the synthetic progressive direction, the dialectical direction. And it says that the subtext here, the final is that's how we solve the toughest problems. No, it's not. That's how we, what's how we sell our soul because we don't compromise with evil and we don't compromise with false. And then level eight, the highest level, I can see myself in every human being. Oh, namaste right? I refuse to hate anyone and I offer dignity to everyone. So everybody's just naturally good. Everything's good. Nothing's evil. They're trying their best. We just have to try to understand them. No, we don't compromise with false and we don't compromise with evil, but that's completely lost here. And that's the highest level of human dignity. No, the highest level of human dignity requires you to be able to call out evil And it requires you to be able to uh, declare the truth and expose the false, 
requires you. That's where dignity actually lies. You're actually in affirmation and enablement and uh, all kinds of toxic uh, toxic things on the far side of that. The subtext for level eight, the highest level of the dignity index is, I love and cherish my own people, but I can connect with all people. I will talk and work with anyone, I guess, including the evil, right? I don't need to be right. So truth doesn't matter. I don't care who gets the credit. I refuse to hate or condemn anyone, including evil. And I believe everyone has inherent worth, so I treat everyone with dignity no matter what. Now, this preys upon our sensibility that all men are created equal, or in the Imago Dei, or whatever, in the image of God, or whatever we want. And we're all, but the, 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 and the idea that the, the line between good and evil cuts through every human heart, it plays on that, but that's not what it's actually asking you to aspire to. It doesn't call you to bring people to the truth. It calls you to compromise with them. It doesn't call with, with even when it's false. It doesn't call you to hate evil. It calls you to compromise with evil. And it calls that human dignity. This is a Gnostic manipulation of the concept of dignity. This is an abomination, in other words. But what you see is that Americanism, the American values, and in fact, biblical values that many of the American principles are based upon, are positioned as a level five out of eight. And the Gnostics know how to get you to the next three levels. So just come along with them. Take the pledge. Go ahead and sign it. And this is the Gnostic temptation over and over again. So to summarize real quick, the Gnostic temptation that you always have to be on the lookout for is not, you don't know what you're talking about. It's, you know a lot about what you're talking about, but there's more, and they don't want you to know it, but we know it. You've been told some truth, but not the whole truth. We know the secrets. We have the gnosis. Come with us and probably do something compromising in order to get yourself locked into our cult where you don't, where what happens after Adam and Eve eat the fruit? Well, they're ashamed and they hide from God because they know they did wrong. Well, if they're hiding from God, they're hiding from the truth. That's a very clear indication that they're now going to separate from their parent and hide in the cult that affirmed them and brought them into it. That's not how the actual story ends up going because you're dealing with God there, but that's how cults actually work. That's the Gnostic temptation. That thing that you do, we do it too. We just know it better than you. And there are forces involved in what you're involved in that don't want you to know more. When they put limits on you, say if you're a kid, and they put limits on you for your own personal development, your growth and development, for childhood developmental psychology, age appropriateness, parental authority. They just don't want you to know that you can be liberated. Same in sexuality, same in everything else. They just don't want you to know that you can be liberated. There's more. You're a truly social being. Come with us. Join the cult. That's the true Gnostic temptation. We know your thing better and are eager to share the secrets. Once you do something that compromises your integrity so you can't go back and get back out of the cult very easily. <laughs>